Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Do you want to turn your pain into power? Then look no further than SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com. Go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com for meditation, mobility, and mace. Sleepy Monkey is a movement art that brings strength and balance to the body and mind. Located in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. If you're in uh, New Jersey, you're in that portion of um Pennsylvania, you're close enough that you could go visit, but start off by going to Sleepy Training Sleepy Monkey Training Academy.com and check it out. Uh, there's shirts you could buy, and uh, you could send a message to Andrew over there, who is the owner, and you could, uh, you know, talk with him and see if his fitness system is right for you. His fitness system is unique. He has a certain way of practicing. Like I said, there's meditation and uh, he he handles people doing massages and things like that. But he also trains mace and other things like that. But you got to go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com to get started. All right, guys. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and today my guest is Rue Jordan from South Africa. He runs the Anti-Fragile Collective. Is it Fragile or Fragile? <laughs> fragile. Uh, I mean, whichever, but I say Anti-Fragile. Okay. I like that, too. Anti-Fragile. It says more than just the word be tough, right? Anti-Fragile yeah. is, is deeper than the than just saying i'm a tough guy right yeah that i even the name has a really interesting story behind it i okay. don't know if you want to hear that but yeah i uh, do i do but i wanted to uh start off with this question um we were talking before i hit record and you were talking about authenticity yeah and uh the importance of it especially as a, a coach and that's that is what you are a coach yeah. and and you teach steel mace amongst other types of fitness. Um, so let's just backstep right into what you were just saying uh, for the audience's benefit. And that'll help them also get to know you better. Okay, cool. No problem. Um, what I was saying is, uh, and I think this also goes down to like a lot of people having uh, a scarcity mindset in terms of like, the mace community or like uh you know are there going to be enough students or you know some people worry about that or maybe steel mace is becoming oversaturated or uh or whatever but uh the point i was making earlier was just um you know going back to authenticity <laughs> a lot of people adopt a certain kind of lifestyle based on who they think they should be um, instead of just being authentically themselves, because I think if you 
are authentically yourself, you you project a kind of energy, a kind of vibe, which is uniquely you, which means the people who are going to be drawn to you are drawn to you specifically. Um, we were making the joke about the the yogis. <laughs> yeah, me being a yoga teacher as well, and and the basically what I said was um, a lot of them. You know, they get their 200-hour certificate and then they think they should be drinking matcha tea and, uh, you know, wearing mala beads and praying with crystals and stuff. And it's, I don't know if that's always them. You know, they become very spiritual, but you can be spiritual and still be, you know, as I was saying about myself, uh, a weightlifting <laughs> heavy metal guy. <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your your authenticity connects you with your with your audience or your clients, depending on on what you're doing. But what why is that important? Well, the thing is, everybody comes to you with their own story, their own problem. And the thing is, I don't just teach a fitness class or a you know, like I really want them. I actually got asked this question the other day. Um, like, what do I do? Like there was a company, uh, I made that post about uh, drinking water and hydrating and the, the company actually reached out to me and they said it was a really cool post and, uh, you know, they might be open to collaborate in the future. Wow. But yeah, <laughs> but they asked me like, what do I do? And I said, um, that's a very loaded question because... <laughs> You know, I teach steel mace and I teach yoga and I teach uh, yoga philosophy and breath work. And like, I try and, you know, live by those principles as well. But what I do is so much deeper. Um, and I explain it this way. Like I facilitate deep emotional release through movement. I think that's the best way to explain what I do. Um, wow. For what instance, an answer. Yeah, I can give you an example of it. Um, a friend of mine is a teacher and he had a, a kid in his class who had epilepsy. And this is a very sad story, actually. Um, so just fair warning to your audience. Um, but basically, he had a kid in his class who had epilepsy and uh, the kid didn't come to school for a few days and actually um, passed away uh, from, a, from a fit. And um, he came to me the one day and he was just very, very, very sad, but he had no no way to get that emotion out, the frustration out. And um, I said, dude, now he doesn't train with me. He's not a student of mine, but like in that moment, I was being a friend and I said, just take this. And I gave him the mace. And um, I have to say very like, I have to say thank you to uh, Jeffrey Oaks for teaching me this meditation as well. Absolute legend. Um, but basically we were doing um, switch squats and I asked him to visualize putting his emotion, what he's feeling and all the, the hurt, the anger, the frustration, put it into the handle of the mace, which is hollow. And we were doing that for a few minutes and I told him then, okay, now we stop and we do sword swings and we started swinging the mace. And I told him, I want you to visualize all that emotion, letting go of it. And basically things like that. And afterwards he said, dude, I needed that. That was amazing. So it starts with movement. Then I moved to um, connecting movement with breath and then connecting everything to emotion. 
And then from there, the student has all the moves. When they're comfortable with the moves, they can connect the moves with the breath. And once they are not thinking about the moves and their breath, they can just let go. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Okay. That's, and, <laughs> you know, um, something like this has been discussed a lot on the podcast because a lot of this is going on in the steel mace community. A lot of people yeah. are tapping into this and, you know, it's not everybody who's doing it. Certain people like yourself, you mentioned Jeffrey Oaks, uh, yeah. a lot of the steel mace flow crowd. Um, this is big. Um, I would say there's people that could, attain that level to be able to not only do it for themselves but to guide people which is even tougher right? right um and then there's people that could actually step into it and be guided and then there's people who are just like i don't know i just swing the thing around right but it, that's fine yeah that's absolutely fine so i'm i'm wondering you know at at all those different levels you know what's the most common thing for everybody out of that and it's Probably moving around and doing exercise is good for you at some capacity. Yeah. yeah, getting some sunshine, swinging a heavy thing around, and just feeling awesome while doing it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's the one thing. You know, you could grab your mace and go out into the sun, even yeah. if you're at the gym. Yeah. And you're swinging the mace, and you look out the window. Oh, sun just came out. You yeah. know what? Take the mace outside with you and go stand in the park a lot. You can't do that with a bench press. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Um, I mean, I like leave one of my maces in my car as well. Like I end up going to like picnics and stuff and I just, okay, I feel like pulling the mace out. So I'll just start flipping the mace around and doing like coin flips or sword swings or whatever. Like I'm just goofing around yeah. sometimes. It's just fun. Do you keep your mace? Do you have a car or a truck? Like, do you keep it in the trunk or in the back seat? So I keep it in the back seat, uh, but I've got like a little hammock for my dogs. So it's underneath the hammock. Uh, so the dogs jump in the back seat and then we go to the park. And usually I'm walking around either with the mace on my back or as we're walking, I'm doing like spins or flips or like one handed swings while I'm walking. So people like walk very wide, like around me because <laughs> It's just so funny because a lot of I think a lot of people think like oh he's gonna attack me or he's like he it looks dangerous but they don't realize that if you're swinging a ten pound mace you get one swing then yeah you're done right <laughs> right it's... I mean you can make an argument with like the five pound mace but like ten pounder no you get one swing if you miss you're done yeah and I think yeah. maces of war were like maybe up to four pounds. And yeah. we could say, well, back then people weren't as strong. They weren't as healthy, but I don't think so. I think they were fine because when I use my five pound mace and I think about using it as a weapon, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a little, even this is a little too heavy. It's not quick enough. Yeah. Speed kills. That's the thing. Yeah. If you're going to be in a fight with somebody, you want something that's quick, not something that's going to, like you just said, you get that one swing yeah. <laughs> and then you're just completely open to, to a counter attack. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but I think the the ancient ancient Persians were on horseback, weren't they? That so too. They would be riding with the mace in hand and then just knocking heads off. Right, right. So That's you can't have badass. something heavy. You're gonna go one handed. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> and like we always say, I mean, it's I didn't say. I don't know who coined it, uh, but you know, it used to be a weapon of war. Now it's a weapon of fitness. So yeah, but it's so look much at more. It. It's so much more. It's just, I mean, I think there's like. Um, 
it's almost like this i i, I noticed a lot on your podcast recently like the the theme of like the warrior came up mm-hmm. and i do agree with that but also what is a warrior in that sense like a warrior is somebody who prepares for war it doesn't necessarily mean he's always going to war um like that proverb said like it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war right <laughs> yes i love that you know so um i'm trying to think what i kind of lost my train of thought there but um there's something about the meditative aspect of wielding the mace for me that still makes me feel like a warrior. And I think this also comes from uh, when I did Budokan. Um, there's a duality between the yogi and the warrior. So the yogi seeks peace, contentment, enlightenment, but also knows that he might be called to go to war at any time. So he has to prepare. And that is where you get your yin and yang. Mm. Yeah. So um, the name anti-fragile, uh where does that come from? And it, does any of that have uh, anything to do with what you're talking about right now? Uh, not exactly, but um, the anti-fragile kind of came from uh, my own journey in uh, just movement and fitness in general. Um, so the name actually comes from a book. I can't tell you who the author is now, um, but how I chose the name was that word came up for me three times before I chose the name. So I was reading a book on yin yoga at the time and I read the word anti-fragile. I'm like, that's a really cool word. So I want to know more. Um, But I kind of like let it sit in the background because I was just, you know, being me as Ruan the yogi or whatever. And um, then the word came up again. I think I was watching either like YouTube or a show or a podcast and somebody said the word and I heard the word two more times and I said, okay, this is a sign my i have to go anti-fragile and i actually googled it and the the meaning came up and it's interesting that something that's fragile what happens is under stress it breaks if it's fragile then you get something that's resilient something that's resilient is once you put it under stress it doesn't budge at all like it just it's just strong but it doesn't grow anti-fragility means that when you put the system or the organism under stress it becomes stronger. Okay. And that was beautiful because that is exactly what happened to me in my life. Like I went through a shitty time at some point and bounced back. I just, I, I started with just doing yoga and then weight training. And basically everything that happened to me made me stronger. And that is something that's probably one of my core beliefs or core values is that even though you feel broken and you want to give up, you can always turn it around. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's the stress itself that makes you strong. Exactly. You can't be strong unless you're feeling stress, feeling resistance, and even succumbing to it at some point, right? It has to beat you down. Yeah, absolutely. You have to go rock bottom like to experience true, 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 like just not wanting to exist basically and then turning it around. Right. So how many, how many stories have you heard where people have hit rock bottom in some form or another, whether it's uh, drinking and drugs or gambling, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and they literally are like 
that far away from going over the cliff's edge. And then they muster enough strength to dig themselves back out of it. And it's an amazing turnaround. Yeah. And those, those people are extremely strong. There's not a lot of people do that. Like a lot of people never come back and they unfortunately are not with us anymore. Yeah. But so what's at, what's the point at which the person actually comes back or doesn't come back? Like what's the, what's going on? What did, what's the connector there? The, the switch. Um, well, I can tell you only from my own personal experience, it's when you own your shit. You realize that everything in your life that got you to this point to rock bottom is your fault. Or even if it wasn't your fault, you have to own what part you played in it. Like, you can try and deny that, but it's not going to go away if you're not honest or at least owning it. The first thing you have to do, and this is what I told myself when I was going through that. I said, cool, don't focus on anything else. First, focus on owning your shit and unfucking your life. (laughs) Yeah. That is what you have to do now. Take the first step. And my first step was, okay, I am extremely obese. I have knee, knee pain. I can barely walk my dogs. What do I do? I went to a yoga class. I made the first move, made the first step. And where am I now? Four years later, I'm a coach. That's amazing. Four years. Yeah. Wow. And you opened up this coaching business. Um, You you became Steel Mace certified. Um, Who do you have your certification from? So um, in terms of just, Steel Mace. Um, I've done a mentorship with Summer Huntington. Right. Uh, so that's kind of like in the lineage of Steel Mace Vinyasa. Um, but that was my first taste into like adding flow to my own like yoga practice or like my whole goal was to initially uh, do weightlifting because I loved weightlifting at the time. And I wanted to bring that into yoga for some reason. And um, so I did Steel Mace Vinyasa and then got hooked on Steel Mace Flow. So um, I did my level one and level two Steel Mace Flow. Um, I did the level one with honors. And then I did the mentorship with Jeff for level two. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I I was coaching before COVID hit. I was coaching at a at a yoga studio. It was like my main gig. I didn't even expect it. Um, I just like hooked up with there and, and a few people came in and then all, all of a sudden I had like a running class. It like happened quick. That's and I had, I had these wooden maces right from um, uh, the guy in California. I can't remember his name now. Uh, I, Primal, I think it was the Primal. Primal, Primal yeah. 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 I, I, I had to order wooden maces because the, yoga people that's like they don't want metal weights and stuff especially on these yeah. beautiful cork floors that we're on yeah so i started using i started off with wooden maces was a little bit of an investment yeah and i'm you know i'm getting people to do things with wooden maces and there's some yoga like stuff going on and it yeah. hit me i was like if you're gonna trick people into using weights this is how you do it right <laughs> because next thing i know i'm like well here try this 
five pound mace out, you know, yeah. like a five pound metal mace, a steel mace. And then yeah. I give them a 10 pound and they're like, Oh, and they're using, it. I'm like, you know, you're using a weight right now. Who, who, the, who the hell are you? You know? And they're all yeah. laughing. So if, yeah, if you're ever trying to um, break into the, into the yeah. yoga studios, that's a, having a, a mace of some sort is a great way to do yeah. it. And it, it's actually interesting you say that because uh, the people that I do or I did my uh, 200 hour through um, is Wellness Connection in South Africa. And their their focus is very much on scientifically based movement. So they kind of like debunk certain, uh, there's a lot of like myth in, in yoga teaching where like, you shouldn't put your your foot on your knee in tree pose because that's gonna put it at an angle and it might mm -hmm. be dangerous. And it's like this fear based um, cueing is just horrible. Like it's rampant all over the yoga world. Um, but what I also appreciate is, uh, for instance, um, my teacher Catherine and also another teacher that's um, in America, uh, Jenny Rawlings. They both. Like um, what I like about them is that they they teach yoga, but they also have separate strength training protocols for yoga teachers. Mm. So they introduce kettlebells, uh, body weight training, pull ups, because that's something that's very very uh, lacking in any yoga practices, any kind of like pulling motion. Yeah, uh, all pushing, 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 and standing and and balancing right. and so on, but there's no pulling. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people also speak disparagingly of yoga people because they say, "Well, you know, they're they're afraid to use weights. They're they don't really want to work out. You know, they will say stuff like that." Yeah, and, you know, you you could be a yoga student and you could fall into that trap. Yeah, you know, um, I I've taken yoga classes. I have nothing but respect for it. I, there's some hard mm. stuff going on in there. It's, it's um, really hard. But I I totally believe in, you know, bringing everything to play when it comes to fitness. So, I mean, strength training, weight training, mm -hmm. endurance, uh, cardio, steel mace, they all complement each other. And if you could, you could do, like, a little bit of everything and that's, like, a full 45-minute workout, I think that's yeah. the best way to train. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's a – it's such a great modality to add to like, uh, again, like I, I do weightlifting like four days a week as well. And then, you know, I still want to teach steel mace flow. So how do I not beat myself up? Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so I actually use my own flow practice as a form of like active recovery. Yes. Uh, and the thing is like steel mace flow has to a certain degree replaced my yoga practice. I don't do a lot of, um, how can I say like Hatha yoga or like uh, traditional, you know, sun salutations and things like that. Um, my yoga has shifted more to the philosophical side and the breath work, the meditation, like everything around that. Cause yoga has eight limbs, right? I don't know if you know this, but yoga. I has heard something about this, but why yeah. don't you explain that? Okay. So um, you got Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Dharana, oh, I can't remember them all. But basically, so the first two are like restraints and observances, which is basically your ethical code, right? So it's got certain sections underneath like nonviolence, uh, truthfulness, cleanliness, purity, you know, all these kinds of things that 
if you practice them, you will become more almost uh, what they call sattvic or more spiritual um, because you are living spiritually. Um, asana is the one that everybody knows, is physical postures. And you do physical postures to become aware of your body. And th this was one of the most profound things. I, I, I've been doing yoga for three years and I watched a documentary on uh, BKS Iyengar, who was the guy who uh, developed Iyengar yoga that uses a lot of props and stuff. Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. Um, and the example was he, so for instance, you can do this little experiment. Are you aware of your hands right now? I am now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now exactly. that you told me to be aware of Exactly. Yeah. Now, what a yoga practice is supposed to do is if I tell you to extend your hand and keep it there for two minutes, are you going to be aware of your hand? Yeah. Exactly. So the yoga practice is supposed to cultivate awareness of the body, of the mind, and right. to be the observer basically like you should be observing your body what your body is doing observing what your breath is doing and observing what your mind is doing but not being attached to any one of those three things yeah all right Sorry, so <laughs> now here's my question on that not being attached to any one of those yes. things but you're aware but you're not attached to it Yes, which is you know that sounds like uh, a form, you know like what you're trying to do when you meditate. You're trying to be aware but not attached to anything. Thoughts come yeah. and go, but now yeah. you're you like to weight train. So yeah, under that modality, you're aware of your breath. You're aware of what your body's doing. Yeah, but I've never heard anybody go any deeper than that. But are we? Is that what we're doing when we're bench pressing? Are we are we doing the same thing, or there's something not lining up? I I don't think everybody is doing it. Um, I actually it's such a again one of those synchronicities or like weird coincidences. I literally wrote a blog post on my website about what a, a thought that I had um, called the Zen of weightlifting, <laughs> and it was a a very kind of like mediocre attempt at applying Zen philosophy and meditation to weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I've been practicing in my own weightlifting. And it's just, I think a lot of people go to the gym and they just kind of like, okay, well, I've got an hour to do this, so I better knock it out. So they kind of go automatic, you know, like, you know, like when you're driving and you kind of switch off and then suddenly you're home. Yeah. Like right. I think a lot of guys do that in the gym as well. Like they're not present in the moment. Yeah. Um, and that I think is that, the the difference like i think if you practice awareness and you are aware of your body and you can feel if a, a movement doesn't feel right or your form is off and you can see are you bracing correctly are you breathing correctly are you now being okay the other thing not being attached to your ego are you putting too much weight on the bar right and doing shitty reps or you know it's, it's kind of, and but also at the same time, like this is one of the hardest things that I have had to practice, especially if I want to apply this philosophy is 
not being concerned about the number of the weight because that that is an achievement and i don't seek it or you're not supposed to seek achievement in zen but using the weight as a number to determine if you are working hard enough yeah that makes sense so rather using the weight on the bar as a form of physical and mental challenge to put you in the zone that's going to make your muscles grow or going to make you stronger, but not being attached to the achievement of going. And it's very hard because I literally did a 190 kg deadlift the other day and I'm very stoked about it. Yeah. But try not to go like, I can't be attached to that because that might be the best I ever do. I, I don't know. And if you become attached to that, you're always going to wish you were stronger because you now clinging to the past right which isn't then you're not in the present anymore that is such a good point because one of the things i always uh observed uh in certain areas like um with weightlifting you get you get guys that know how to weightlift because they did it when they were teenagers and in their 20s but then they had a family and they got caught up in work and now they're like 45 and they're out of shape and they're like i'm gonna go back to the gym I know what yeah. to do. And they go back and like the first thing they do is they put 225 on the bar because yeah. that's what they were doing when they were 25 years old. Yeah. Because they're clinging on to the past. And yeah. then after two weeks, they disappear. You never see them again because they realize I'm not as strong as I used to be. And yeah. and I can't do what I used to do. And it defeats them. That's the ego. It's the ego. ego. Yeah. And that's what's, that's the thing in bodybuilding or weightlifting or powerlifting, all these things you're like, you pointed out, that's good. That's a good observation, Rue. Um, you're focusing on this number, this achievement all the time. And it's yeah. that, it, that it's that atmosphere. Uh, plus you go into the gym and it's just like wild music playing girls yeah. wearing yoga pants while they're doing yeah. rows, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's just loaded with testosterone and manliness. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's an absolute vibe. Yeah. And you could definitely <laughs> like, you like, if you're doing what you've been doing lately and you just want to cut it up and just get out of that space and go do something different. You could go down to the local gym and just get into that, but it yeah. would be so cool if um, there was a, a better way to bridge the gap in between mm. those with, with this mindset, this mentality and connect it. It would, I'm picturing all kinds of weird things. I'm picturing guys like about to bench press mm. and, you know, like, like being like, Hey, you know, be quiet for a second. I need to, I need to focus and like, you know, all that stuff, you know, you get in the zone. Yeah. 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 The worst so, is, uh, I mean, what happens is like people want to talk to you while you're lifting, like, or tell a joke and you're like mid set and like somebody tells a really funny joke. And then suddenly, I don't know if this, this has ever happened to you, but like you're mid like bench press, maybe like the, the 10th or 12th rep and it's burning already. Yeah. And somebody tells a joke and then suddenly your mind switches off. Right. And then suddenly you can't push anymore. It's not yeah. because you couldn't, because if 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 you were in the zone, you could have forced that rep. You could have got it up. Right. But you laugh and then your mind switch off. And then you you kind of like it's almost like a moment of doubt that happens. Right. Like that's what happens to me, I think. Like it feels like a moment of doubt, and then you do that rep and you just go, uh, no. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> it's like your 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 body or your central nervous system, it doesn't know what it is it's just yeah. you you 
dis- you're distracted. You were in a frame of thought that was yeah. for getting the job done. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's just like, and it crumbles. It crumbles. Yeah. And your central nervous system's like, oh, no, no, no. We're, we're done. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out, right. dog. Cheers. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's a, a good point about, like, champions of any yeah. sort. Um, they're able yeah. to stay on that focused thought despite mm. the distractions. I mean, just think of, um, you know, a f- basketball, professional basketball player throwing mm. a a free throw for the game point when millions of, you know, thousands of fans are all around him to, to be able to do that, to stay in the zone. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, going back to what your practices are yoga and, um, Mm. and going into this, uh, uh, you know, having this ability to uh, focus Mm. and you're a coach. So, what kind of people are you coaching and are you able to actually guide them through the thing that I'm talking about right now? Well, with Steel Mesh being very, 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 very new, um, the people that I'm currently coaching have their their own things. They're not weightlifters or they're not the elite of the elite. Um, I'm definitely not coaching like high level athletes or anything, but you know, the everyday person that has work struggles or yeah. Or, uh, you know, like even sometimes like, um, I, I also have to be careful of having that, like, uh, mindset of have wanting my student to progress because that's me being attached to their progression. Oh, that's a good one. That's a, that's a, that's a really hard one for me because like, because I'm getting better at my practice because I'm practicing more and more and more. And I'm looking up to all these people in the community who are just so inspiring. Like, um, I mean, I, I just go on, on Instagram and I just want to hide because the people are amazing out there. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I feel like, you know, I have so much work to do to, to get to that level, but I also feel that it's inevitable. Um, that's another thing about this practice that it's the same with my weightlifting. I don't think about the number. I'm not attached to the number. It's either going to be inevitable by just doing it. Because that's the most important thing. The practice is is the most important thing. Just showing up, doing the practice. Um, but getting back to being attached to my student's pro- uh, progression, um, I have a student who doesn't have a lot of time to practice. And that's fine. And she sometimes feels um, a little bit of shame when she shows up and like, I couldn't do this. But, you know, she's a mom. She has to run a household. She works for herself and she's doing amazingly. Like I'm talking about a lady that didn't know a squat pattern. Like, like you have to teach a person how to squat on like a box. Yeah. She didn't know, she didn't know how to hinge. She didn't know how to lunge. Right. She's hypermobile. And I've seen her grow from that person to someone doing 360s with a, a, a with a 10 pound mace doing arrows doing lunges doing level 2 flows like it it's when you put it into perspective but also i am not going to be angry at her if she can't practice why she comes to me is again for that release she's coming to me because she needs to zone out from her life and if I can facilitate that, then I'm doing my work. 
not everybody has to be a champion. Not everybody has to be the best Mace Flow artist. Sometimes you can just enjoy the practice. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. So, th- I mean, that's that's what I meant. I, I I see that as a valuable tool that, you know, what your, fo- what your focus is on, uh, you know, what you came up on your training. Um, mm-hmm. People, ordinary people are sometimes people that need that type of training the most. Absolutely. You know, and, and having it can excel them in many different facets of their life. Mm. I like what you're pointing out about uh, not focusing, uh, making it about you, you know, how they're, because I've coached people before, you know, we've all had this problem where, well, I'm not going to call it a problem at this, (laughs) this situation where, um, the person's not progressing the way you want them to. And I would get frustrated. Yeah. And then I at least had the presence of mind to catch yeah. why I was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated yeah. because I was frustrated myself because I thought I wasn't coaching them right. Yeah. Now and I'm I scratching my head and now you're beating yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go into a spiral doing that as well. Like, because you kind of like do all this planning and like you set up like a whole curriculum, like, okay, on week three, we have to be here. We have to have this movement down with this flow. Right. Cool. That's the normal progression. But the thing is nobody's normal. Like everybody's has their own progression. Some people can pick up, uh, you know, a flow in five minutes and then it's done. And some people take three weeks just to do some ballistic rolls with some lunges. Yeah. And that's fine. And I think we should acknowledge and celebrate that about people, that we're all different. We all are walking different speeds, on maybe on the same path, maybe on different paths. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like having this mentality of like, you have to be here now, it's, it's it doesn't really help anybody. And also like, I never want my students to come to class and feel bad that they're coming to class. Like, that's just horrible. Like, it almost makes me think of, like, uh, kids who used to go to, like, ballet classes or something. And it's, they're terrified because they're going to get in trouble because they didn't practice. Right. And it's it's not, it's not what I do. Like, if you want to go to a coach and you're trying to learn a skill and you only have a certain amount of time, that's cool. We can, we can definitely tailor your progress to that. But I meet each student where they're at, what their journey is, and what they want out of it. Not everybody wants to be an athlete. Some people just, like I said, want to unplug from their life. And if I can give them an hour or an hour and a half just to swing a heavy thing around, get some sweat going, breathing. Um, I mean, this is one of the most profound things. What happened was uh, when I started doing yoga is, <laughs> okay, and we can't talk about Jeff because Jeff is just amazing, but... You know, he's doing his breath work every day now. And, um, you know, you can either feel bad that you're not doing it or acknowledge that, okay, cool, I have some things to work on, but my time will come, you know? What I like about yoga classes is if you weren't going to a yoga class, you probably weren't going to do the breath work anyway, mm. right? Yeah. You weren't gonna do, You weren't going to do the meditation anyway. But if you go to the yoga class, you get a fitness class, a breathwork session, and and meditation all in one package, 
which means you did the thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So yeah. now do you um how, what are you coaching people steel mace weight training yoga? Yeah, um so I've done some yoga um but I'm kind of weird in that sense where like I don't teach vinyasa yoga uh which is the one that everybody kind of does like the hot yoga and the vinyasa all the movement stuff. Um I'm very much focused like when I teach yoga like I said, I focus on philosophy, but if I was going to teach a yoga class, I focus more on yin yoga, which is very restorative. There's almost like no movement. Okay. Um, there's a lot of pillows involved. <laughs> that sounds um, like my my kind of yoga there. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Seriously, like you can have some profound experiences. Um, like the whole idea of yin yoga, um, I mean, without like saying something very blasphemous in the in the yoga community but basically is it's stretching but you're not actively using the muscles to stretch so you're not stretching your arm what you're doing is you're laying in a position on a prop uh, or any other tool that you want and using gravity to do the stretch for you so it's it's generally longer holds so you would be in some kind of position with pillows maybe laying on your head or something and you would be in a like a hip hip stretch or a leg stretch or something or a back bend or and you would just lay there for 5 minutes and what happens is this profound thing where you know when you're trying to stretch and you get to that point where it kind of gets stuck and it gets sore yeah yeah now what happens is you just then focus on your breath and you kind of send the breath to that position what happens is the muscle relaxes and suddenly you can stretch a little bit further so you've actually moved the edge of your stretch reflex yeah um no obviously the muscle is vasco elastic so it rebounds back but with time doing more and more of that you actually become a lot more flexible but that's also where the whole anti-fragility thing comes from because you're actually stretching ligaments and tendons as well yeah right. there's a, a lot of a I, I think you know a lot of people can hurt themselves when they're doing weight training um especially getting tendonitis and stuff um i think yin yoga is such a beautiful practice to add to your weight training to do some kind of like active recovery and i've personally fallen asleep in a yin yoga class which is magical when you wake up like it's it's like the most refreshing sleep you've ever had now i think about firefighting when I think about people getting injured and stuff, yeah. because, uh, you know, during the process of uh, attacking a fire, you're going to put your body, you're going to put your joints out past this point, like you just yeah. uh, talked about. So that type of yoga would be perfect for anybody, not just firefighters, really anybody that uses their bodies for a living. Um, yeah. Just like you said, it, ex it, it extends your ability to um to to move past a range that otherwise you would get hurt now what about steel mace uh training mm -hmm. does does it work the same way um it's different so specific oh, if we're specifically talking about yin yoga the diff main difference is yin yoga doesn't have any contractions in the muscles mm -hmm. that's the big difference but when you're holding a mace out everything is contracting. You're always being active bracing. Right. So they're complete opposites in that sense. 
Um, but if you're talking about like a normal like vinyasa, then you know it's like body weight training in that sense, uh, or as I call it sometimes, bendy aerobics. <laughs> uh, um, Don't call it that anymore. <laughs> no, no. But I think a lot of people think that's what yoga is. They think it's bendy aerobics, and yeah. uh, again, from my side, um, I'm I'm trying to expose a lot more people to the deeper philosophical side of yoga because yeah. it's it's uh, the way those people saw the world is just fascinating like it it's it's like they they knew about the matrix before the matrix existed yeah like it's it's that level it's insane did, did you happen to catch uh, tom billage's book war yoga no no i did watch your your podcast but i haven't read the book um, yeah that's it's very interesting it's oh man i mean i, I This podcast is brought to you by AddictsClub.com. AddictsClub.com for adjustable steel mace and adjustable steel club. Have you seen these things? Have you checked them out? Go to AddictsClub.com and take a look at what they have. These are state-of-the-art mace technology at its finest made in the USA. Look at the Adex arc. It's in between lengths of the clubs and the mace. So the, the club is the shortest, the arc is the next longest, and then the mace is the longest. But most people only train with either clubs or mace. How often do they go with an in-betweener? Technically, a arc is nothing more than a bulva, a short mace. Uh, but we don't call it that because we call it the arc. So go check it out. Check out everything there. And when you place your order, tell Don Fred sent you. Read it. And then uh, somebody else I know read it. And they're like, oh, did you catch this? And I'm like, no. What? Do you... And I would go back and look at it with a, like a deeper look. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, like you just talked about it kind of he covers all that um yeah. this this connection to something deeper through yeah. the physical is so interesting yeah and i think it's uh i think it's a key to a lot of the world's problems really and you could access this almost immediately especially if somebody's helping you um mm-hmm. just by starting the move yeah absolutely um yeah i mean you you hit the nail on the head there like i can't really add anything to that because it's it's you know are you feeling sad move (laughs) right (laughs) um are you bored move you know are you not breathing move you know uh there's obviously like that's a very simplified way of looking at things but like i think movement solves so many problems um because the first thing that happens when you don't move is it's not that people are under trained. It's just what they're training for is sitting. Yes. They're well trained. Yeah. Sitting. Yeah. The body, the body adapts to stimulus. And if your stimulus is sitting 18 hours a day, you, uh, a day you're going to be very good at sitting, which is what exactly what the, the body is supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's these people who theorized. I, I think I saw this concept on the the Bioneers channel. 
which is a really awesome channel if you want to get into all kinds of like functional fitness and stuff. Um, I can't remember. He talked about this machine, but what would actually be interesting was if you made it hard to get into your house, for instance. So you would have giant doors that you have to climb to open up. Then when you walk into your house, you would have to swing on monkey bars. Otherwise you fall into a pit and then go into the kitchen. But then you would have to, for instance, lift a rock. And if that was modern life, just can, can you imagine how strong you would be? Yeah. Because you would be adapting to extreme stimulus, but that's not how humans work. What we do is, okay, we, at one point in our evolution, we walked on four legs but we found it easier to walk on two. And then instead of like keeping with the swinging and the climbing, we just took all the rocks and trees and moved them out the way. <laughs> and now we have sidewalks, right? you know, and then our body adapts to that. And then we wonder why we have back pain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, the, um, the application of technology is so rapid that yeah. ev there, there's like no evolutionary response. We're still walking in, ancient yeah. ancient times bodies where we're yeah. like you said we're we're out doing physical stuff like hard yeah. ass stuff fighting yeah. right fighting for yeah. our lives and stuff and meanwhile yeah. it's like well we're just sitting in a car in traffic yeah yeah it's like we've got this modern software running on old hardware yeah <laughs> right but <laughs> i gotta say to... the the thought of updating that old hardware is scary to me. I don't want to see yeah. what that looks like because yeah, I love being able to go pick up rocks and climb yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, there's something about just being like uh, like an ooga booga, like caveman. Oh, yeah. And there's, it's, it's just, it's so hard to explain to some because there's a lot of people out there who really don't like lifting heavy things up. Right. But it's, it's I don't know. Again, it's, it's, how many times have you heard that uh, picking up heavy things is like a form of therapy? Yeah, all the I, time. I, I mean, I, I would argue that weightlifting is like 90% mental. It's it's all mental. Like your muscles adapt anyway. It's not like you have to think about you're getting stronger. But it's pushing beyond that thing like, can I lift this? That's, that's to me, the most interesting part about weightlifting is just because you, you get that moment of doubt and it's like, can I do this? Can I do this? And then you do it. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. I, I know. Human. God. I know a, um, a strong man who tore his bicep tendon lifting, oh, uh, lifting one of the Atlas stones. And I yeah. told the story to somebody else that doesn't, doesn't even work out. And they're like, what what's the point of that? It's so stupid. And I'm like, no, you, you got to think about it. L listen, and I'm like, I'm like, this guy is about to lift, you know, a 200 pound stone, and he's like focused on it. And this is like a a huge thing. Well, who's what's that proving to somebody? Like, no, no, you're not getting it. Like that guy's yeah. going out to the edge of the unknown. Yeah. And he's going to take a gamble, a little bit of a risk. Yeah. And, and he, if he succeeds, he's going to 
know more about himself just from that one little moment than anybody would ever know about themselves going to a psychotherapist or something like that for a whole decade. And if he fails, he's going to have to learn how to bounce back from it. He's going to have to walk around with with a smaller arm for a while, right? (laughs) While the other one's doing all the work. And yeah. this person that all of that was like almost like offending their their senses. And I just that's when I realized there's different people and there's yeah. there's people that want to lift up rocks just because it looks so challenging. And there's people that's that want to swim across the ponds because yeah. I don't know if I could even make it. So let's try. I mean, that's what is the like the cornerstone of mankind. That's why our civilization is so successful. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, all humans have this thing in our DNA where we just want to push boundaries. Um, and it might not be the same boundaries. I mean, like if for somebody that struggles to get out the house, just going out the house might be their struggle and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on two things that you mentioned now. Um, I really want to talk about strong men just in general um, because that takes me back to like Greek mythology. Um I mean, we're literally seeing humans that are actual giants. Like, just think about that. Yeah. Like, we we don't appreciate strong men enough in that sense. Like, there was a time on this planet, like, even in biblical verses, like, you read about giants. Yeah. You, in mythology, you read about giants, right? Like, these humans are doing ridiculous things. Pulling cars, you know? throwing rocks that are really that you can't even think of picking up yeah Um, like they are pushing the boundaries of what it means to be a human in that sense and it's and they are just physically big as well and it's it's incredible um so (laughs) you could probably pick up i'm a little bit of a strongman fan um well could you imagine one of these big guys um What's the, what's the guy from Iceland? Oh, Hathor Bjornsson. Yeah, isn't he like almost seven feet tall or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think he's six, nine or seven feet or something. He's he's massive. Gargantuan. So he's the mountain. What, yeah. What would you want that guy to do? Like, do you? That's what you want to see him do. You don't want to see him like yeah. sitting behind a desk, like writing. Huh. Like typing up um, the yeah. next report, like he's giant, and he's like, like no, you want to see this guy like friggin' pick up a cow and rip it in half, and just, yeah, like barbarian shit, because that's an amazing sized person. Yeah, have you have you watched um, Icelandic or Scottish uh, stone lifting? Yes, I'm fascinated. That's awesome, with it. Eh? That's there's awesome. history. There's history to it. There's um. There's reasoning behind it i mean back in those days uh, yeah you you went and you lifted the stone if you did it well you went to the head of the class if you yeah. didn't do it they're like all mm-hmm. right well there's work for you back there somewhere maybe go talk yeah. to those ladies yeah the strongest people got most of this uh the shares of the spoils right like it was literally like if you're not strong you won't survive it it was yeah it's 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 incredible though. Like uh, probably not very fair by today's standards, but I just, there's something about that. And that brings me back kind of like to a warrior culture mentality as well. Like you earned it. Yeah. And, and that's something I say to the guys in the gym as well. Um, again, not being attached to the number, but nobody, like, even if you are 
the worst piece of shit in the world. That that number that you pulled, nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. That's yours. Right. Same with anything you do with the mace as well. Once you've done it, that's yours. Nobody can take it away. Nobody can say, oh, you didn't do it. You did it. Yeah. Well, that... you didn't do it unless it's on Instagram. Don't forget that. <laughs> okay, true. True. <laughs> yeah, you have to have some kind of like witness these days. But I mean, can you really trust Instagram with all the like deep faking going on right now? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're pretty soon you're going to be seeing a guy swinging, uh, doing a 200-pound goddess swing. No, no, it's really 200 pounds. <laughs> or we're going to be seeing guys with four arms swinging four goddess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, once we bring AI into into everything, like, yeah, I, I really see some Mortal Kombat characters swinging maces around on Instagram. I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome, but it's like, can you believe anything then? Nah, no. Nah, and people will <laughs> think it's true and they'll be like, no, no, yeah. I saw it. There's a guy with four arms. I saw it. <laughs> and he's just going to say, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, But also speaking about Strongman, are you going to watch the uh, the Arnold tomorrow? Yes, I am. Sick. Yeah. Me too. I'm looking I'm forward looking to that. I, I I know somebody that's actually going to be going, or they're probably there already, um, just, you know, just to hang out. But that is uh, that is always a fun thing. How long has that been going on for now? I have no idea. I have been like, over like 20 years. years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite long. Um to be honest, I really only got into like strengths. Like I'm not a sports guy in general. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's really hard for me to get into sports. But I don't know something about the way I train now. Just I really latched on to the idea of strongman and even bodybuilding to a certain degree. Yeah, uh, like what those people go through, and I guess it's just because I lift weights. It's it's kind of cool. But I really really like strongman because um, again, it's like it's mythological. Yeah, and yeah. It's just it's just so epic. Like, and um, especially rogue building all those like crazy contraptions that the people like. It's it's so crazy to watch. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, I'm I'm super excited. So now with your uh, business, you're you're selling mace. Um, yeah. And do you offer anything like uh, training wise through uh, online? You said you mentioned you have a website. Yeah, so basically I have some spots left open uh, for private or se what I call semi-private, but it's like small groups. Um, and that can be either online or uh, in person. So obviously if somebody lives close to me, I can arrange to meet them at my place or their place or any place they feel comfortable. Um, but some people, you know, it might just be better just to log on to Zoom and then just do it lost like that. And then uh, what I usually also add in my classes, I've written out like a little manual, something like 60, 70 pages of just going through the move. So they have that as a reference um, after the class as well, which breaks down the movements. Um, and then obviously I'm always available uh, on WhatsApp or whatever if they have questions and things like that. Um but in terms of like you speaking about the maces that I saw, um, I think, like I said earlier, like my, my whole intention wasn't originally to become like a mace company. It's just, I was teaching this modality and, and just mace importing maces from, uh, from the U S or the UK is just really, really expensive. And nobody like 
South Africans are already having a hard time right now. And uh, you're not like people struggle even just to buy kettlebells. So some people like you have to make it easy enough to get into, I think. So I, I took the plunge. I ordered in some maces um, and, you know, I'm not pushing it so, so hard. Um, I should probably push it a little harder um, now, but I do have, I have contacted many uh, CrossFit gyms and yoga studios and offered them a special um, product, I guess. Um, if they, for instance, order like bulk maces, um, I've got a few packages stipulated and I also include uh, five hours of training with the price of the mason. It's a massive discount. Um, what I'm hoping is that some CrossFit gyms and studios, they get some maces, get people involved in that. But then also uh, me teaching their coaches the basics of mace movement. And it can be anything um, from like some people don't want to learn steel mace flow. Some right. people want to learn how to do strength training with a mace. I can still do that because I know things like 360s. We can do ballistic rolls. And you structure their workouts more like workouts, I guess, instead mm -hmm. of like, okay, we're going to do a float loss with breath work and then learning moves and then doing, um, combining all the moves together. And then by the end, we do a little bit of free flow. So it's it's a, like a, a little bit of a different mindset, but I can tailor the the classes for the coaches or for the, the students based on what they need. Um, but yeah, again, with the steel maces not being super, super big, um, I have this theory. I think this mace is like seven years behind the kettlebell. Yeah. I, I, I can see like the kettlebell has become very popular. I think the mace is like I'm on that wave now. Like it's it, gonna pick up and it's just gonna go. Yeah, it's it's definitely on a trajectory. This observation, you're not the only one to have it. Um, since I've been doing the podcast, a lot of people have uh, touched upon this because you could see it becoming popular. Because one of the one of the things is you see new faces, and mm. he, and these new faces step into it with all this like serious energy. And yeah. it's like, they're like, oh, we're going to change the world with Mace, man. Here we go. And and he's like, oh, I, I did that. Uh, you know, yeah. he did that. They did that. Yeah. But it's great. It's That's it's awesome. that same enthusiasm. And then you're starting to see just Mace appear in places you never saw it before. Mm. Certain people using it like, oh, oh, look, mm -hmm. they got a Mace. Like I had somebody tag me. And I went, I checked out their whole Instagram grid. They had that one video of them using a mace. The rest was all other stuff. So this was the beginning of them yeah. getting into it. And they're like, hey, you know, and they just, I guess they typed in steel mace and steel mace nation came up. So they were like, oh, that sounds like a steel mace thing. They didn't probably yeah. even know who I was. But the point is, is that, yes, it is. Um, right behind kettlebell so it's going to get to the point where you're going to see it more and with you what you're doing is you're preparing facilities ahead of time before this wave comes i think it's a good investment if i was a gym and i had trainers and yeah. we were doing kettlebells and weightlifting and bands and all this stuff tire flips whatever <laughs> but the one thing we weren't doing is steel mace i'd be like uh oh, Rue, you got to get in here. 
and yeah, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta you gotta train my people up. At least give us some basic ideas so that way in case somebody walks in, you know. Yeah. And then plus the other thing too is if they're buying like five or six, 10 maces off you and they're hanging up on the wall in a nice area, right? Now people are going to see it. They're going to see the coaches. Okay, yeah. They're going to want to try it. And it's just, you're offering another thing to your, to yeah. your customers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, right now, I think it's like very early days. Um, I see a lot of individuals getting interested in the mace, not so many gyms. Yeah. Um, like I pretty much contacted every yoga studio in the Western Cape in South Africa and probably most of the CrossFit gyms and um, either to do the work, like to offer a workshop or uh, give them the opportunity for this like bundle for their studio. Um, I literally only had two yoga studios interested in doing a workshop and no CrossFit gyms ever came back to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm going to keep pushing. Um, I'm telling you now it's going to pick up. Uh, I'm very stoked about the the lady that's giving me an opportunity to do a workshop at her uh, yoga studio. But it's actually going to be an outside event, which is really cool. And it's on a wine farm. So, Ooh. yeah, it's going to be awesome vibes outside grass. And then afterwards, people can go do some wine tasting and have some burgers or whatever. It's going to be a vibe. If they could have a glass of wine while training, that would be even better. Like toward the end, like I, like at the mind. thirty minute mark, we're gonna pour a glass of wine and then we're just gonna do some swings. I I don't know. Yeah. It's I a mean, thought. We're gonna cover uh just I mean, you you did uh, steel mace flow as well, right? Yes. So you know, like the the basic uh, what's it the switch march three step flow kind of movements. Yes, I teach it all the time. Yeah, that's basically what, what's going to be happening because it's literally an introduction to Steel Mace Flow Workshop. Yeah. So we're going to be doing some ballistic curls, some lunges, and it's going to be a good time. If you want to have a glass of wine, I don't mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely something to that. I mean, there's got to be, you know, just the right amount of wine, right, is going to be like almost uh, like, a, like a perfect perfect yeah. thing to keep you going. Well, but now wine yoga is quite big here. Wine wow. yoga and uh, some people do goat yoga, yeah, and cat yoga and all kinds of weird stuff. I was gonna actually ask that. that I was gonna make a joke earlier, but I didn't know how you were gonna take it. I was gonna say, so how how many goats do you have? And you know, but oh, like, <laughs> no goats, three lions. <laughs> oh no, really? <laughs> no, okay. I, don't, I don't know. But that seems to be like a South African thing. Like when we tell uh, people overseas we have three lions, then people believe us. Uh, yeah, I, I seriously, <laughs> I, I, I thought about. It. I was like, that's possible. They live in South Africa. It's, I don't know if there's a wall that keeps the animals from coming down or they <laughs> walking around. Well, weird story. Somebody's uh, tiger did escape the other day here in town. So somebody actually had a, a tiger as a pet and it escaped. So. Now yeah so Did you not see me, it? But somebody has an animal yes <laughs> you, you know you could hit it with your mace if it's if it comes after you yeah but you only get one shot hey right <laughs> better <laughs> you better learn your mace but it better come and train with you to learn how yeah. to do that because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's real warrior stuff right there <laughs> fighting big cats yeah <laughs> so uh what else Rue? um you got anything else going on? Um, how can people 
get in touch with you best way? You mentioned you have a blog um, yeah. where you have some things um, people could read. I, I, I'm going to go read what you talked about earlier, the Zen of bodybuilding. That sounds cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What do you got? I think you'll enjoy that one as well. I've also written a um, – I think we, we had a little discussion about Maya mm. the other day uh, after your um, podcast with uh, Jamie Pinto. Yeah. Which was fascinating, like just talking about like how reality works and like I, I also think we all kind of like perceive reality differently as well. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we can go very deep into like spiritual metaphysical concepts and like um, because I kind of think that the way people perceive everything, they're having their own experience. But I don't think that's inherently like a bad thing. Like, I think we're all supposed to have our own experience so that that amalgamation of experiences goes somewhere after we die, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a very light way of stating what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, like a consciousness that uh, yeah. we're all part of. Um, yeah. And then what? based off of what you just said, just riffing what you hear um, – when people have different experiences when they when they get together yeah. and they say oh i had this experience doing this thing and the other person says well i had this experience doing this thing yeah. it it just shows that you that people could do the same thing and have yeah. different experiences because we're framing things up a certain way already we already have our pre presuppositions so we're not seeing the other side of that coin. Yeah. Here's a here's a philosophical question for you. Uh, because I see your banner in the background. Like to to kind of put that into like what you're saying is um are you sure that the red that you're seeing is the same red I'm seeing? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, it's not Coca-Cola red because if it was, they'd be suing me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So they know. They know what red is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but man. yes, that's a good point. Like you might be seeing something completely different and but we know it's both we both know it's red. And and the scary thing about that all is that your mind is filtering out what it deems to be unnecessary. So we have all these sensory organs, the eyes, the ears, the skin, the tongue, everything. It's still it's still taking information and saying this is not necessary, so we don't need to process this, even though the mind is processing it. But here's the scary thing is your mind has never been or your brain has never been outside your head. So that's good. You thing. don't know. You don't know what is actually happening in reality. You are getting what your brain deems to be necessary for yeah. your survival. And I think the best way I can explain that is, uh, for instance, snakes who see infrared. Um, their experience of seeing is completely on a different spectrum than our experience of seeing. Yeah. Does that make it not exist? Right. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, and like how we translate vibrations, sensations, like everything is kind of like electrical or or it's got some kind of energy that gets translated through these organs. I mean, sound, what is sound? It's vibration that happens in space that then hits your ear and then it gets translated to a sound. And we're actually having a conversation. <laughs> yes. Translating translating sounds. Yeah. Electri and, and it's all electrical. Yeah. It's it's just I mean the 
yeah, it just blows my mind. The the other thing, uh, going two steps back or so, um, yeah, when you have two people uh, witnessing the same event, for instance, if you mm-hmm. have one person who is in a uh, fight or flight response, uh, yeah. And then you have a person who's very relaxed and they're, you know, they don't sense any danger. Those people are going to see two different things. Absolutely. The guy who see the guy who's in, who's in this like heightened state of alert, he's going to see that the man running down the street had a gun and, you know, there was a a person behind the shed with, with a knife or whatever. Right. Very, very violent uh, depiction I got going on here. But the other person's like, Oh, I just saw a guy jogging and a guy behind Uh the, behind the uh, shed raking because you're one person's looking for weapons and danger. Mm. The other person's expecting just to see a nice, lovely day. Yeah. And it's, it's because they bring their own experiences, beliefs and everything. And they're also, again, attached to those beliefs. Yes. Um, right. That's the thing. Like if you it's okay to believe in something because I think beliefs can be tools. Like you can use a belief as a framework to view the world through. But when you die, your belief dies with you. So it's not tangible outside of you. So <laughs> what I'm saying is is that don't worry about what you believe, but just acknowledge that you believe something and that it's made out up out of your experiences. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true. That's that's something to, to kind of think about. But getting back to your previous uh, example, did you ever see the video of, um, they teach this in law school, um, when um, they, they tell the students to look or count how many times the basketballs get bounced, right? I show this video of like five guys jump uh, bouncing like three basketballs around. You have to kind of follow them, but you have to count how many times it bounced. At the end of the the video, they asked you, "Did you see the gorilla?" And then you go, "No." And then they show you the video again. Again, there's a guy in like a yeti suit walking in between the guys, and while you're counting, you're not seeing the gorilla. Oh wow! It's 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 like our our brains you know, accept illusions in that way. Um, That's why optical illusions exist as well. So I'm not saying you can't always trust your eyes, but you can't always trust your eyes. (laughs) Yes. Or ears. Or ears. Or the government. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, sorry, I completely took you off course there. Um, In terms of like, can can find me um, my website, I'm trying to add some more stuff on there. Um, it is a little bit more of like my personal thoughts and stuff. Like I'm more of a blogger and so on. I will probably start adding some more videos and things to YouTube at some point. Um, but right now I'm basically just focusing on the the website and trying to do some more stuff on Instagram, trying to connect with people, um, doing some more videos, tutorials and things like that. But also sharing yoga philosophy specifically um and also like some tips on like how you can have a safe and healthy mace practice so those are kind of like the three areas that i'm focusing on right now um in terms of instagram so uh you want people to dm you if they want to talk about any of those things yeah yeah they can dm me email me whatsapp me whatever like i i'm down to talk maces and uh you know swing some heavy shit that's that is uh, awesome you know what you are you are a community builder yeah, building the steel that, mace community. That, 
that's that's kind of been my goal the whole time and that's also why i don't see myself as like i don't sell maces i just need the tools so i can have more people do mace or yeah yeah yeah, exactly. that that's and that that's a good tip to anybody who's starting a steel mace uh training practice because it's like we you know we touched upon some of the things here you got some people who just you know they're not going to respond to steel mace if you show it to them really you gotta you gotta hurt get a lot of hurdles uh, i yeah. don't know if i could talk anymore <laughs> you gotta <laughs> jump over a lot of hurdles uh to get people into your into your steel mace practice. So if you have a brand new mace in a box and yeah. you say, Hey, listen, you know, for a hundred bucks, I'll give yeah. you the mace and, and I'll give you a one hour session. I mean, whatever. And, uh, that makes it easier because the one thing what somebody's going to say is, well, I don't have a mace, so I can't do it. Bye. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People look for excuses. Um, even yeah. Even when they are looking for something, they're also trying not to do it at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. People look for a way out. They 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 tell themselves the stories like, I can't do this because this. Yeah. And it's not it's not true. It's just but I mean, I also don't think um it's one of those things where if you're ready for it, then you're ready for it. Like I'm not gonna force you to experience one of the most <laughs> amazing <laughs> modalities in your life. I mean, you're just missing out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's a good point right there you know don't you don't want to miss out so yeah. if you if you have a coach who's able to give you a mace to take home that's a huge thing yeah because I, then you could just continue practicing on your own yeah I, w I would definitely say like i think you'll again not being attached to progression but i think you you will have a, a lot stronger mace practice if you do work with a coach but again, me not being competitive, not having that scarcity mindset, if you go on my website, I've started compiling a resource um, of Steel Maze podcasts, uh, all the new stuff that Leo has been putting out, uh, some flows by Jeffrey Oaks, um, uh, Kirsten O'Brien stuff as well, her Tuesday lessons. Like I'm going to start adding more stuff because now if I do approach it from the aspect of like being a mace company, well, here's my product. So how do you use it? Well, just go to my resource page. There's a bunch of fantastic coaches in the world. It's all free online. You can learn. The only difference is you don't have that coach's eye looking at your form and just helping you be a little bit stronger in your practice. And that's fine. If you're not there yet, but I tell you now, if you work with a coach or get a mentor or do your level one or level two, you are going to master it a lot quicker and you're going to feel very empowered doing that. That's awesome. That's um, great to know that you're, you're, you're willing to put in that extra hard work to build something like that. That's not an easy task. You know, you're coaching you're running your life, you know, what, what you got to do in your normal life and everything. And then you're yeah. just building up this, you know, access to uh, really good stuff, quality information. And, you know, mm -hmm. you said you're going to, you're going to have like steel mace podcast on there. I, I hope, you know, steel mace oh, yeah. nation will make it there. You're definitely on there. You can no, go check. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think we have enough steel mace podcasts. Right. 
that was the yeah. thing, man. I saw Steel Mace Warrior. I was like, well, what else? I was like, there's really nothing else. So I was like, like, she's a girl. I'm a guy, yeah. right? Yeah. She's, she's like in Arizona. I'm in New Jersey. She's yeah. got like, I got that Jersey attitude. I don't know if you know yeah. anything about that. It's not uh, that a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> but you know, you, you, this is how you build community, you know? And, and then you just, yeah. you just, you just go. So yeah, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about this. Everybody uh, reach out to Rue. Um, uh, ant- you're at anti-fragile collective on Instagram. Instagram. Um, on YouTube as well, and also website is antifragilecollective.co.za. There you go. Uh, and like I say to most of my guests, feel free to come back on. Uh, I had an excellent chat with you today. It was it was really yeah, it was interesting, fun. and uh, we could talk about this stuff forever and ever. So uh, feel free to come back anytime. We just gotta you know coordinate it with our different time zones, but it's not that hard. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll keep you updated if anything uh, exciting happens on this side. Uh, if anything changes in the Mace community, it's definitely worth talking about. Maybe next time we can talk some music as well. Yes, I would love to. I always wanted. I always want to talk about music on this podcast, and I'm always like, I don't know how to how to do that. So yeah, you'll let's lead the way on, on that. Next, yeah, let's do that on the next one. All right, tell me. Well, tell me what what band we're going to talk about. As a teaser, oh, basically, I think what would be awesome is talking about like how to use music uh, to put you in different mindsets to flow with. I think that's something cool, and also like the idea of using music as a stimulant almost when you're weightlifting. That could be really, cool. yeah. But I mean, like I've got a whole list of bands that I've been listening to, and I listen to very different music when I'm doing flow work and when I'm doing weightlifting. Like it's a completely different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like listen to like heavy ass metal when you're just yeah. trying to get in like a nice light flow or something. That like just it it's kind of like mismatch. But you could do it. You can do it. Um, yeah. I can give you one recommendation: the the Lost Mastodon album. Uh, what should hush, yeah. hush and grim? Yeah, such a good flow album. Like okay. if you want to listen to metal and like flow with it, that is such a great flow album. I did my level one with that album. Oh wow! It's, All right, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like a, uh, the whole album's like an hour and a half. Such a workout. If you do like the masterclass flow for like a few reps, yeah, you you're done. <laughs> All right, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna take your advice. I'm gonna. I, I love that album, but I never, I never even considered that. So that's yeah. good. And then, uh, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll throw some bands your way, and uh, well, yeah, we'll make that a we'll make that a, a good discussion next time. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. I appreciate it. Everybody, thank you for tuning in and listening. And please share this with everybody. Everybody needs to know about this stuff. Come on. Share, share, share. Rue, appreciate you, man. Have a good day. I appreciate you too. Cheers.